0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Sometimes, when you look at believers in the world around you, they all seem to prosper while you and other believers in Christ are suffering. And while it doesn't seem fair, Pastor J.D. teaches today that this is as good as it gets for the unbelievers. You, on the other hand, will experience God for all eternity in heaven. You can rejoice in that. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor JD with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 10th, 2022.
1: The wicked prosper, and evil seems to continue and wax worse with impunity. While the righteous, those who are walking righteously, uprightly, pleasing in your sight, serving you, why do we suffer and they don't? Well, God answers this question. Basically in the same way that he answers Asif's question. If you're struggling with that, I don't think there's a one of us that doesn't at one time or another in our walk with the Lord struggle with that. I would really encourage you to spend some time in Psalm 73 because at the end of the (laughs) psalm, Asif goes into the sanctuary of the Lord. Always a good thing to do. And the Lord shows him their end. And he goes from being envious of them, wondering about them, to feeling sorry for them. And that's basically what God does for Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I love you so much. I know that you don't know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I know it doesn't make sense to you. i I know you don't understand why it is that the more righteous you are, the more of a heart you have for the Lord, the more difficult it is. And here's the wicked, the unrighteous, and they seem to be prospering. It's been rightly said. I'm doubtless you've heard it said that for the non-Christian, this is the most heaven they'll ever know. And conversely for the Christian, this is the most hell we'll ever know. If you really let that sink in, it's really kind of heartbreaking, actually. So, what are you saying? Well, I suppose you could say that one of the main purposes of those trials in our lives is that God is preparing us for that which is prepared for us. And I'll take it a step further and suggest that in this, the last hour, God is allowing evil to seemingly prosper so as to ready us for eternity." In other words, those who do not know Jesus are coming to Jesus, and those who do know Jesus are getting ready for Jesus. Truth be made known, and I want you to think this through, it's the difficulty and the hardships, the pain and the suffering that God uses for our good and His glory in the end. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 18, says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. it's, it's, It's not even in the same realm. We commonly refer to something like this as, well that's not an apple to apple comparison. Well, the sufferings of this present time, though for a little while, if necessary, those various fiery trials it's not to be compared. It's not a, it's not a apple to apple comparison. It's like comparing an apple with a planet in another universe. It's the best I got. So you're going to have to take that one. And if you got a better one, let me know. I'm happy to consider it. And, and again, think about it. We go through what we go through in the time that we're here in this world. And as difficult and as hard as it is, which, by the way, may have been the very thing that brought you to the Lord in the first place. In other words, had it not been for that difficulty, that pain, that suffering, that trial, that hardship, you would have never came to Christ, maybe never came back to Christ. That's what brought you to Him or back to Him. And that might be why God allowed it. To happen. But let's say we live to be 70. Is that, is that a good number? Why are you laughing? Do we need to go higher than that? Cause some of you are, we better go higher. Okay, fine. How, how much? 80? Is 80 good? You guys good with 80? 80? Going once? Going twice? <laughs> okay, you live to be 80 years old. Let's just try to take that number 80 and let's compare it to, oh, forever. <laughs> Did that work? Because you know how long eternity is, right? <laughs> it's for eternity, unless deeply profound. It never ends. So, so let me see if I got this straight. So, I'm going to live to be 80. (laughs) I hope the rapture is way before that, but I'm going to live to be 80, and let's just say for purpose of discussion that my 80 years are riddled with nothing but pain and suffering. But I'm saved, and my salvation is reserved, my inheritance secured, for all eternity. That's a good deal. That's a great deal. Maybe I'll greatly rejoice. Okay, we still have a problem. The problem is that we're still in that present time of sufferings, and it's seemingly getting more difficult with each passing day. Well I want to spend the remainder of our time expounding on that more specifically. Why it is and how it is that we may very well be in store for tougher trials ahead, leading right up until the rapture. But now by way of a preface I think I would be grossly remiss were I not to address those who would contend that, hey, things are actually starting to get better. What is your problem, Pastor? I mean, things are starting to return to normal, even if it is a new normal. After all, Roe v. Wade got overturned mask mandates, and restrictions got lifted. I mean, overall, it could be argued that the trajectory globally is starting to look pretty good. So what's your problem? Well, I've got a lot of problems, but I'm not going to tell you what my problems are. And one problem I have is that I have to respectfully disagree. And here's why. Bible prophecy says the opposite. By virtue of the fact that in the last days there is no spiritual revival of the faith, rather there's a turning away from the faith. We'll talk more about that more in a moment in 1 Timothy But let's start with the Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade. Three words. Praise the Lord. Okay. However. Pastor, that's four words. I know, but there's a however. I don't think that this is what we think it is. I have to confess that something just doesn't smell quite right. And I can't quite put my finger on it, which is why I'm keeping my eye on it. As of now, I have no less than two concerns, the first of which is that this seems to be yet like we need another one. another textbook case of divide and conquer. And secondly, perhaps more importantly, as I continue to seek the Lord on this, the greater concern has to do with the connection to vaccine mandates. Please hang in there with me. Someone sent me an interesting blog post written by a Stephanie Braille, who is not a professing Christian, and from what I can tell, she is also pro-choice. The title of her blog is Roe v. Wade and Vaccine Mandates, and is subtitled, Why Overturning Roe v. Wade is Bad News for bodily autonomy. Here's a few quotes that I found to be very thought-provoking from a non-believer's viewpoint. Quoting, I think there's an important point to be considered when we look at the potential fallout of the overturn of Roe v. Wade. And that is the issue of bodily autonomy. After the decision was leaked, I went to read comments on various boards and blogs to see what people were saying. I also spoke to a few friends of mine in chat. One of them was truly excited because she is a very loving, kind woman who is very much against abortion Another was a conservative friend of mine, which tells me she's a liberal, which I hate that, by the way. Ah, I went there, didn't I? Let me just close that file real quick. Don't look at people as liberal or conservative or Republican or Democrat or right or left or stop that. Either one is saved or one is lost. Whenever we we do that and we... uh. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry. Let me get back. Another was a conservative friend of mine, pro-life, mind you, still quoting, who thought that the whole thing was a manufactured diversion meant to instigate an angry summer of fire. But the comment that really caught my eye was the following. It's not a distraction. It's the end of the my body, my choice argument so that they can medically do anything they want to you. Roll up your sleeve. Yep, I think this is what it's really about. And they, the powers that be, are willing and more than happy to drop abortion protections on a federal level. That's important, by the way. That's why I say this is not what we think it is in order to justify mandating anything that they want to do to our bodies, whether it's forcing a birth, forcing an abortion, forcing sterilization, or forcing vaccination. For almost 50 years, I want you to hang on to that. This is going to come up again and be germane to our understanding. For almost 50 years, Roe v. Wade has prevailed, half a century, only to be overturned now, when we have vaccine mandates as a major issue. Sorry, not a coincidence. I actually read this blog a couple of times through, and I have to say that if what the writer is suggesting is true, then it starts to make a little bit of sense. And by that I mean people will have no choice as to what they do or don't do with their bodies or what they take out or put into their bodies. Does that make sense? Hmm. This, then, could lead to forced medical procedures, chiefly vaccine mandates, which, as we've talked about in prior updates, will, at some point in the seven-year tribulation, with the technology that now exists, be linked to the image of the beast, the worship of the beast, vis-a-vis the mark of the beast. That's in the tribulation. Here's where I'm going with all of this. The fact remains that every single prophecy in the Bible is in play today and in real time. There, let me say it a different way, the same thing a different way. There is not one prophecy in the Bible that is not in play today. Every single one of them simultaneously is in play as we speak. Now, I realize we commonly say things like, the stage is being set but I believe with all my heart that the curtain is about to be drawn. And the reason I believe this is because, again, there's not one thing that is taking place in the world today that does not have prophetic implications. What follows is a list of just some, not all, of the prophecies that as we speak in real time are in play and beginning to come to pass exactly as we are told in God's word they would. Now, the key word in all of this is the word simultaneously, simultaneously. Number one, this is in no particular order. unprecedented global deception. I'll give you the scripture references. you can look them up in your own time in god's word matthew twenty four four revelation eighteen twenty three second thessalonians two ten and eleven number two, wars and rumors or threats of wars. Matthew 24, 6. And number three, increased earthquake frequency and intensity, Matthew 24, 7. All of the above, Jesus likened to birth pains. You can add to that famines, pestilence, nation rising up against nation, invading nations, kingdom against kingdom, racial uprisings, Number four, again, this is an abbreviated list. An allied invasion of Israel led by Russia, Iran, and Turkey, Ezekiel 38. Number five, global quest for peace and security, First Thessalonians 5.3. Number six, an intoxicating obsession with dividing Jerusalem, Zechariah 12, 1 through 3. Number seven, very interesting. You know it well, Daniel 9.27, the confirming of a seven-year peace agreement which will commence the seven-year tribulation. It's important to understand that the rapture does not start the seven-year tribulation. The fulfillment of Daniel 9.27 starts the seven-year tribulation. Now, here's what's interesting, and you probably heard about this breaking news. Israel's government collapsed again. Did you hear about this? Check this out. It is now setting up a fifth election in three years. For the first time in Israel's history of 74 years. Let's bring Roe v. Wade back on the table 50 years, 74 years. Good thing we're living to be 80 years old, I guess, huh? The first time in the history of Israel since its rebirth as a nation, which fulfilled what many Bible teachers believe to be the most important hoarded prophecy in all of the Bible, was the rebirth of the nation Israel, May 14th, 1948. It gets better, or worse, depending on how you want to look at it. Number eight, the forming of a global religion, government, and economy. This is Revelation 17 and 18. It's also Revelation 13, verses 11 through 18. Um, Hang in there with me. There's two things I want to bring into the discussion again on this one. Uh, You probably heard about the Georgia Guidestones. Did you hear about what happened? Uh, Well, they no longer exist now because somebody or something or whoever or whatever destroyed one of the pillars, and then they just tore the whole thing down under the banner of safety, you know. So they just, but but very interesting, because of what was on those guide stones, and when those guide stones were erected 42 years ago, so 50 years, 74 years, and now 42 years.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At JDFarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is JDFarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship. Fellowship and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.